You're listening to Tech Grind, behind the scenes of leading high-tech ecosystems with your host, Nadav Kedar. We are back with part two of the talk with Abishai. Thanks for returning. This part is called The Beehive, and here we understand the business environment surrounding our guests day-to-day. So, we are in part two with Abishai Sega, um, and this is The Beehive. Um, in The Beehive, we try to understand, uh, after understanding Abishai's journey to where he is today, we try to understand the ecosystem around what he does. Um, we all work inside some ecosystem. Let's see what happens in the ecosystem uh, surrounding you, uh, Abishai. And, you know, it's a fascinating ecosystem, the Israeli uh, tech world um, and startups and uh, private equity. And I, I want to ask you, like a year ago, we were in this crazy state of total freeze, right? No one was investing in anything. No one, no one knew what's going on. Everyone, I'm, I'm talking about, of course, the beginning of 2020 bit more than a year um, and it seems like now we are on the complete opposite um, so many deals going through I mean every day there's a new, new unicorn what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question so well it all started we knew there was a problem when Sequoia rescinded an offer of 23 or 27 million, I forgot which company it was, they rescinded their term sheets, said we're not investing currently because we have no idea what's going on. That was, I think, around March 2020, almost two years ago. That's when we knew there was a problem uh, in the market. About a year later, investors started doubling down on their investments. Mm-hmm. So if they needed to, uh, I don't know, invest $2 million, they found themselves investing between 3 and 4 wow. to $5 million because they also judged on their performance. They had their own LPs on board telling them, wait, 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 wait. I gave you $50 million. What are you doing with that money? I could have taken that money back, put it back in the stock exchange, whatever the case is, because most LPs that invest in funds Unless they're funds of funds, uh, are you know investment banks such as whichever CIBC, Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, Merrill Lynch, Deutsche Bank, whichever they, or or hedge funds or hedge funds, mutual funds, pension funds, uh, governments that put money in in funds. So they were asking, what's going on with our money? We put money in. What's going on? So. There has been some type of, you know, an unwritten rule that all funding rounds are larger. But it also means that funds are more stringent. It's now startups are looking for funds and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So some of them enjoy unicorn status and amazing valuations. There's also an IPO kind of thing. Some say it's a bubble. I'm not really sure it's a bubble yet uh, because 
it's still going on everywhere. Uh, SPAC deals, SPVs, there are tons of ways to raise funds these days. Mm. Uh, and, but there isn't really a bubble just yet. Really? Wow. I mean, uh, I think, and, and this corresponds to something we talked about a year, mm. uh, about an hour ago, you and I, uh, that around the dot-com bubble, a little over 20 mm. years ago, companies were sold for sold or valued at about a billion dollars. Today, they were valued at about 10 billion. Mm -hmm. With let's, inflation, let's, uh, 20 years later, let's put that in the conversation sense. that um, we talked about earlier. That um, at the dot com area, uh, if a billion uh, dollar valuation was a crazy valuation, shift uh, forward about 20 years, then the economy makes sense that the 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 scope of such an investment is about 10 times more. So today the bubble is around the uh, uh, 10 billion uh, valuation, which we can see in the markets happening. Um, and my personal prediction is 20 years forward will be in a bubble or the bubble will be because bubble will be. That's how markets work. The bubble will be around the companies of $100 billion. So that's just a quick uh, note. Pretty much, pretty much. It might even cross towards quarter to mm -hmm. half a billion. Yeah. That might be uh, half a trillion mm -hmm. dollars by 2040 yeah. or something along those lines. And I'll explain why. Again, when there's a crisis, some kind of uh, recession in the market due to COVID and things like that, the market tries to, you know, like fix itself. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money still in the market. I, I People think, don't understand that. I think that before COVID, yeah. there were a trillion dollars in the US waiting to be invested by yes. funds. Yes, I mean, Tesla today is worth more than a trillion dollars. Tr Tesla has the GDP of about 20 or 30 mm -hmm. countries combined. A single company, that's amazing. Most companies would never reach that stage, mm -hmm. but Tesla is the innovation of tomorrow. This is why they're valuated and how much they're valued. But their valuation might be a, a bubble, especially once other companies would be able to reach the same level of products as Tesla. Tesla isn't cheap. But but let's 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 go back yeah. for a moment to to the uh, local ecosystem. Yeah, the local. I mean, ecosystem. You, you see companies. I see like yes, yeah. Tesla also brings in you know a huge deal. And so not and not just that. that. You know, a while back we saw Israeli companies trying to buy out, you know, like American or European companies. Today, it's Israeli companies buying Israeli companies. Yeah, yeah. So Iron mm -hmm. Source just bought out Bedelgo. I'm not sure. How much exactly? But again, Iron Source IPO'd what three, four months ago, mm -hmm. raised money from the public in the States, but they buy out Israeli companies. They do mm -hmm. vertical integration, an amazing vertical integration. I mean, buying out Bidelgo was a smart deal. That's mm -hmm. a smart deal. You don't need to be a genius to understand that. 
And this will keep happening. The next 5, 10, 15 years, the Israeli ecosystem would rise beyond just, okay, second largest per capita startup, uh, you know, uh, capital of the world. Yeah. It will become a certain type of world power mm -hmm. within the mm -hmm. next 20 to 30 years. That's we'll see a, a lot that's of that's super interesting like that. I remember uh, years ago there was this talk about how uh, Israeli companies, uh, there are I mean, a lot of big Israeli companies, we had Checkpoint then, Teva, which uh, flopped and uh, came back again, and uh, um, there was this big uh, conversation in the media of why aren't Israeli companies making that uh, leap into big international uh, corporates. And I think that this, we, we, can, we can, you know, talk about if the valuation is justified or not, if the funds are fueling it by uh, reinvesting in rounds and uh, using their uh, rights for, uh, for investing in it again and again. That's a, a discussion which is legit, but we, we do need to understand that in order to um, um, break through into those sizes of companies, that's exactly the enabler is happening right now. That's very true. You know, the problem of COVID is that, again, as I said, many funds became more stringent with their money. They wanted to bet on, you know, the, uh, you know, the best horse. Mm -hmm. IPOs allow startups to raise funds even outside of it. Iron Source didn't need investment money to grow. They were already big. They had unicorn status of sorts. They were making a lot of money. The leap into an initial public offering and you know, like going public was a strategic. Was strategic. Mm -hmm. It's raising funds from the public. That there isn't a difference between raising funds here, raising funds there. Naturally, as we said, better valuation mm -hmm. than any kind of private money that you could ever raise, right. probably. Going to the public, the public is a little less stringent, different type of investors, because most of the money isn't bought by individuals. It's bought by banks, it's bought by pension funds, whichever, they're already in the market. Mm -hmm. They're looking for the next bet thing. They give you an amazing valuation. You take a lot of money. But look at what they're doing with the money. They raise funds and they're reinvesting that money into the Israel ecosystem, buying out an Israeli company. They didn't take that money and bought out mm -hmm. a company in the States or whatever, despite the fact that they raised their money on the NASDAQ and whichever you know, the New York Stock Exchange. They're reinvesting the money into Israel. So they're taking foreign money and putting it back here. So this is why the ecosystem can continue flourishing. It's just another way to take the money and reinvesting it in the country. Amazing. Um, so in that um, perspective, uh, we, we know how the startups are looking at the markets and, and we, we have the media coverage around that, but how does a fund look at a situation where, first of all, as you said, they need to bring much more money to, to be 
in the same position. Um, and like, how, how does it look from the side of the fund and from a fundraising fund right now? Uh, are we talking about, you know, a fund that wants to invest in startups or are we talking about a fund that wants to raise money for itself? Um, let's talk about a, a fund for startups. Okay. When a fund looks at startups to invest in, again, they're looking at quality, not quantity. And I'll explain why. They only have so much capacity. They have like, I don't know, 50 million, 100 million, 200 million. They want to continue having money for follow-up rounds to, you know, potentially take on uh, more startups than expected. They only have so much capacity. Even look at funds. Some of them have like five people, 10 people, 15, 20 people. Working. They, they can't really take care of 100 startups right. because it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. It's not just, okay, I'll put the money in. They want to ensure that their portfolio companies succeed. That's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and they and funds can't just uh, you know take on people just because they can. They need to make sure that the LPs understand. Wait a minute, blah, 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 blah. what do you mean you hired ten more people? You brought in two more general partners. How how is the split going to look? So they so care the interest. Let's uh, let's stay on that for a second because. Many here, like a fund, I don't know, NFX raised uh, $450 million uh, for a, C, for a pre-seed and seed round um, fund. But we have to understand that, think of yourself as an investor, okay? You want all your money to go into investments, right? You give someone money, you want to invest it. But someone needs to be operated in that fund. So you have what's called a management fee, which is... Give or take two percent. Well, one to two percent. One to two percent. And from there on, it's whatever process. It's a, it's part of uh, the the profits that the fund makes. To to put it in the most simple yeah. words, okay. Um, and a fund really doesn't have a lot to work with. They have to to um, to bring the money into as much as investments as you can and. According to the stage you're in, you you have a position that you can go into. So if you're a seed, then you'll put in uh, I don't know hundreds of thousands. If you're uh, uh, in uh, further rounds, you're positioned to get any foothold or a significant foothold in a company becomes expensive, and therefore you ha- you need to raise a much bigger fund. As the rows, as the the rounds go on, um, so I think that's something that's that I find that many people um, kind of think of a fund as as this huge uh, money behemoth, and it's not precise. So no, no, it it, it is not. <laughs> Again, they have a lot of pressure from their limited partners who sit on their own company and tell them what to do and how to do it. So just, just because you think that they could have invested in your startup doesn't mean that they thought the same way. Not that because you didn't wow them. Again, we said like pre-seed, seed It depends also on what type of startups the fund puts its money in. If it's medtech, pre-seed could be a million and a half. Yeah, if it's yeah. ad tech mm-hmm. or ad tech, could be 
200,000. It's not the same deal. So, and the money burns out just like that. It, don't also forget the funds put a lot of money in marketing. They, they go in and put money in conferences. They fly out, they fly in, they fly mm-hmm. people over. They do a lot of work, you know, out of their own pockets, investing into those portfolio companies beyond the money that they already put in there. They, there's a lot of work behind it. So inv- the investors, whether they are the general partners, their angel investors or their LPs, want to see their money, you know, uh, being put into real fruition. They want to see growth and they want to see scale. A fund also needs to scale up the same way a startup does. So this, so it's always some kind of trade-off. It's a mm-hmm. give or take. I won't put money into that startup and I might lose out on an amazing deal. But in the other, this one looks like the winning horse. This is how they operate. It's not just how you wow them, mm-hmm. but the same way. And in that uh, industry, the ecosystem that we're talking about, yeah. did you um, uh, identify something that funds are struggling with or how, how First time funds usually struggle most. Mm-hmm. I even see that with more, uh, you know, even today uh, in this scalable. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something really, really, really special, you know, some kind of a uh, a diversity impact fund. Today you see uh, like one uh, fund that has the number one professional. Uh, <laughs> either that, or you see something like um, you know, ever since uh, you know, we're going a, a little bit political. So you see like mm-hmm. people of color based funds that then invest money into people of color startups. So they were able to close a little more like uh, Holland Capital. They raised mm-hmm. like 100 million about a year and a half ago. They had something special and they found the right LPs of color that wanted to put that money in. Why? Because they want to put money back into the community. And this is how they find it better than, you know, having some kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like a charity organization. Yeah. They think it's better because these people would also produce jobs. They produce jobs for other people, they help the community, put people out of, you know, uh, ghettos and whatever, you know, you know, that term. But again, even first-time funds might take 18, 24 months they might not even float the fund. They might not be able to even get to their soft cap. So you see that. And you also see it with funds that are like it's a third time fund, fourth or fifth time fund. They even come to, to private placement agents, such as ourselves, and telling us, look, we've been raising funds for the next for the past nine, twelve months. Or they even say something like, uh, we already closed for second closing, first closing, we didn't close the first closing. How can you close second and first close? You can't close the first close. And if you don't close the first close, there is no second or third close. So something might be wrong in the way they raise the funds, mm-hmm. which is one option. Or second, it's easier to sell on the future vision than the current state you're really in. And this is something that startups also struggle with. They'll be able to close round A and round B. They can't close pre-seed or seed money. 
And, and I think that with that, um, it's super important for the startups as well to understand this mindset because that's how a, if, if you want to raise funds from a, uh, from a VC, then you have to understand the things moving the wheels behind the scenes because it's much more than your ROI that you will or will not bring them. It's much more than the, uh, the product or the marketing or having the right team. And I think with that, that, that was a really great um, overview of the ecosystem. Uh, we, we will move on to the uh, third part in a sec. Um, I wanted to tell you guys, um, if you want to contact Amishai, we will have all the uh, details in the link below uh, in the description. Thank you Amishai for this part and uh, we'll move on to our third part. Up next is part three, the Superman moment where everything comes together. <laughs> 